Who has all the answers when it comes to AI and communications? In my view, no single person. Which is why I asked not one, but nine thought leaders about the impact of AI on all aspects of communications. They're world-renowned CEOs, business school professors, company builders, and crisis communications experts. With their combined expertise, my aim is to give you the most complete and actionable overview on the topic and what it all means for you. Before we start, you may have noticed that this podcast, Speak Like a CEO, looks different. We launched this podcast over five years ago in 2018, and it's growing fast. We doubled the number of streams last year. Now we wanted to create a visual identity that reflects where we are in 2024 and our ambition for the coming years. I'm curious to hear what you think, so please DM me and let me know. Now, back to AI and communications. One of my predictions for 2024 that I shared on this podcast in December was that your own story and unique voice become even more valuable because of AI. For me, this is part of a bigger question. What is left for us humans now that AI levels the playing field and takes over many tasks that we communicators and leaders usually take for granted? For me, this is part of a bigger question. What is left for us humans now that AI levels the playing field and takes over many tasks? My first guest, Matt Abrahams, has a clear opinion on this question. He knows where our strength as humans lie. And his opinion matters because he's one of the world's leading communications experts. As a lecturer at Stanford University's Graduate School of Business, he instructs future leaders in strategic communication. Matt is also the host of the popular podcast, Think Fast, Talk Smart, and the author of Think Faster, Talk Smarter, How to Speak Successfully When You Put on the Spot. It is, it is, for sure. And that makes it valuable and interesting and, and creates the connection. Now, to change subjects slightly, I wanted to ask you about AI as well. So there's a lot of conversations, obviously, in the, in the world of communication and beyond about the future of communication with a view to AI. So what will AI do in the future and what is left for us humans? That's a really interesting question, one I don't know the answer to. You know, I was so curious when when we first started hearing about AI, chat GPT and other things, uh, I wanted to do an episode on my podcast about it. And, and we were thinking about who would we interview, et cetera. And we came up with the idea to actually interview chat GPT itself. So this is way before it had its own speaking mm. feature. So we typed in questions and then we fed it through a, a text to voice uh, protocol. And I asked the tool itself that question, you know, wh where are humans left in this equation? And what was really interesting, uh, it had an answer. And the answer was connection. Tools like AI can help us learn. It can help us give us insights. But there is something fundamental to being human about connection, about this notion of being literally on the same wavelength. Uh, neuroscientists have shown that when we tell a story our brainwaves sync up between people. And that's something that AI, at least in the near term, will never be able to replicate. So the role of humans uh, in all of this, I think, is, is really to lean into our ability to connect, to empathize, to understand. Whereas AI does provide great benefits. You know, I use it in the teaching I do. So for example, I like to show my students a lot of examples. I have two or three I created. AI has helped me create many more. My non-native speaking students, they benefit greatly by, by checking ways of saying things to help them. So there are lots of ways AI, I believe, will help our communication. Uh, I do worry about some of the things that it might not do or, or do uh, wrong. But uh, I do think it is, it's a new world order when it comes to AI, and I think we all are in the process of figuring it out. But I, I tend to be optimistic in these things, and I look forward to seeing how it will help us all communicate. Yeah, 
uh, I share your optimism and I share that analysis. I think connection is what we can now focus on because we maybe don't have to write every text uh, from scratch and, you know, have, have a writing assistant and a speechwriting assistant in our pocket. Next up, Simon Lancaster. As one of the best speechwriters in the world, author of several books and multiple TEDx speaker, Simon knows all the secrets to captivate an audience with words. He's an expert on the language of leadership who explains how we can all use ChatGPT to draft our speeches and presentations and save time every day. <laughs> awesome. And, and the other question I have about technology is about AI. Um, obviously, a lot of AI tools that um, help communicators or help leaders communicate. So what's, what's your take on it, uh, where we stand now and where do we see it in the future? Yeah, if you're not using AI now and you're in communications, you are going to lose. <laughs> and you are going to lose really, really fast because I tell you what, I'm now integrating it into my day-to-day -day work. And boy, is it saving me a shed load of time. And so to, to any of my competitors who are now quoting, <laughs> you know, for preparing a speech, guaranteed I'll be able to do it in half the time that you will. Because I sit there, you literally, I was, was in with a client, where the way that I work with my clients is, is generally, you know, I'll go in there, go into their office, have a meeting with the principal, and I will not leave until I've got a first draft for them. Um, and I'll I'll be in a an office, you know, <laughs> with a wet towel around my head. Um, and and literally I'm sitting there during the writing process asking AI questions in the same, and it's the same as having a really good intern with you. Which and which tool do you use? I've been using chat GT. I always get the initials wrong. Chat GBT. Um, it is GPT, isn't it? Yeah. GPT. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, and that's the point. They need to personify that. They need to create a name for that. Yeah. Terrible name. <laughs> like Alexa. That I, I was, I kind of, I've started jokingly calling it Gupta because that's the only name that comes out of GPT. And how do I know that it's the only name that comes out of GPT? Because, you because asked. I asked AI. I said, "What what what were what names can you create from the letters GPT?" And it's straight away it said Gupta, and so Gupta, uh, G Gupta it is. But like literally last week, I, I was writing a speech for um, a client where I had the meeting. I had ninety minutes with the CEO, a big company, listed company, very big company here in the UK, um, and globally actually. Um, and then I went into the room and was doing it. And I was straight away like, um, I've got to be careful. I don't give details away. But I was like, give me historic analogies. What were the times in history when this happened, when that happened and whatever? Now, of course, you have to check it. You know, ChatGBT can come up with some real shit. But, you know, um, so could Wikipedia in the early days. I remember Wikipedia was quite unreliable in the early days. Now its accuracy yeah. is, is much better than the Encyclopedia Britannica much better um and likewise i'm sure that with these ai tools we should be wary at first we should check and double check and treble check before it goes into a final speech but it's great for creativity because it does it gets you out of your own narrow mind sets and it gives you different perspectives and you can say to it right give me give give me 10 different um sound bites 10 different quotations uh, that a businessman mm. could use, a business person could use on change. And it'll straight away just fire you those 10 questions. Yeah. It's really yeah. bad on jokes, though. Don't ask it for jokes. <laughs> waste of time. <laughs> but you're right. It's, it's like a really skilled uh, assistant, and it doesn't tire. So there, there are a lot of good things to say about it. Um, but if you look forward, you know, um, my hypothesis is that um, 
the more AI progresses, the more noise there will be in terms of content on the internet, etc. So those will win, whether they're you know advisors like us or CEOs or influencers who have a distinct voice that people trust because people will have stronger filters yeah. and the, they will double down on the human being. That's mm. that's my take on the future. Absolutely. Well, and I mean, when I talk about using AI to write speeches, when I've said to ChatGPT, write a speech, they're not very good. Um, no. But when you ask it specific questions to fill up the blocks in your speech, it's brilliant. You know, it does the yeah. research really, really quickly and um, gets you into areas where you don't necessarily have a lot of knowledge really quite quickly. Um, but having said that, you know, I've been involved in speechwriter recruitments, recruiting other speechwriters for well over 20 years now, and have very often been uh, brought in to mark uh, written exercises in those recruitments. And I can tell you that instantly, ChatGPT is much better than most professional speechwriters at producing something good quickly. Yeah. You know, I think ChatGPT is already better than a speechwriter with 10 years plus experience at producing, uh, ChatGPT would produce something better than a real life speechwriter could in an hour. So it's already faster than, mm. than the best. And we're, and it's brilliant on things like Metaphor as well. I thought Metaphor, it, it would be rubbish at because uh, computer, because Metaphor is so uniquely human that seeing things as things that they're not. But I've asked it questions about like, what would be the best met metaphor for this industry, for that industry, for the other industry? And I look at its answers and I'm like, wow, wow. Yeah. you know your stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Our third expert is my close friend, Bettina Hausmann. As a truly international executive coach, she has worked with CEOs, board members, and policymakers from over 100 countries to help them develop their signature presence, master the media, and manage crises. And crisis is exactly what Bettina and I talk about. AI has a huge impact on crisis communications. Thanks to deepfakes and auto-translated memes that go global in hours, AI makes crises more likely and spread faster. But large language models are also an opportunity as they allow us to respond faster to crises, provided we know how. Bettina, welcome back to Speak Like a CEO. What does artificial intelligence mean for crisis communications? Uh, yeah, hello, Oliver, in the first place. It's lovely to be here with you and Speak Like a CEO again. I think that AI invites us to rethink the way we strategize, plan and communicate and particularly when it comes to crisis. So, so many of the CEOs and also public policy leaders I work with postpone crisis uh, preparedness. And I think AI is a great invitation to do it now. Why is it a great invitation to do it now? Well, there are a couple of reasons. Uh, I start with the one why it's really, really important to do uh, it now, which is that the vulnerability of executives and companies and organizations has increased massively. So crises now happen at a record speed. And you can see that not only they unfold at a record speed, but sometimes also via communication channels and mostly social media channels that some of our clients are not even present on or cannot even be present on for compliance reasons. Uh, that's one thing. So it could be a false rumor spreading. I had one client uh, having a false rumor spreading and which had to um, led to a massive financial 
impact, also massive market impact. The next thing is that, uh, of course, we do have now with artificial intelligence the whole challenge of uh, uh, false um, news, fake news spreading with memes and also deep fakes becoming a challenge that we have not had in the past. And we can see that all over the place. Yeah. I can give you a couple of examples of how that can hit. Yeah, please. Let's take the example of um, uh, deep fakes. So deep fake is really a piece of uh, uh, information transported by social media uh, channels that pretends to be true, but is completely made up. It can be a video, it can be an audio piece, it can be also, of course, a visual. And when you look around you, uh, really more and more people get hit. We found that in the beginning very funny when you had the deep fakes of Obama and Steve Jobs and uh, whatever. But now we realize that it's not all fun. And to see that, for instance, the UK opposition leader got into huge trouble for allegedly bullying his team. And he says it's deep fake and he couldn't really prove it yeah. was deep fake. And Twitter, or then it was still Twitter, Twitter didn't want to take it down. Or you do have... Uh, clients in the public policy realm that are facing huge um, uh, challenges. For instance, one of our joint clients, Oliver, who had a false public policy announcement from them and where they needed to roll back on a bank holiday very fast and in a tone that is equally light as what had been announced. And then when you think about even journalists being hit, uh, like our German news anchor uh, Christian Sievers with his false video advertisement, then you really think like, hmm, it could be all of us. And of course, many business leaders have been hit. For instance, uh, 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 deep fakes, vocal deep fakes that you cannot distinguish of your boss, you're the finance manager telling you to transfer millions of euros. And it yeah. happens. There are a couple of cases where really millions have been transferred within a company. And that's only a couple of examples. So if that uh, doesn't uh, call uh, or ring a bell to people to say like, hey, we need to to take that into account, then I don't know what does. Uh, it is scary. It, I mean, it's such a cacophony of voices out there and um, obviously deepfakes and, and memes, which are um, can be translated by AI into any language and therefore spread across the world in record time. It's really scary. And I had an example today where a client approached me and said, you know, we have this sympathizer of a far-right party showing our product in a meme, uh, in a sort of anti-immigration meme. And of course, they were upset and they don't want to be associated with it. It's not their values. And yeah. each time you then have to assess, like, do we react to this or do we not react to this? So if it's dying down, it's good. But if it's sort of becoming a viral meme, then of course the question arises, what do we do about it? And it's a big question, actually. And I think we as communicators, we are also uh, standing uh, in the midst of a revolution, needing to ask ourselves, how have we traditionally be, uh, been reacting? And uh, is that still the way forward? Because if artificial intelligence helps to transport so much information uh, beyond borders 
and also really tapping into emotions, our traditional ways of working might not help us. So, so really, there's a lot to be uh, rethought, not only at the client's end, but also those, uh, for those uh, advising the clients, actually. That's true. And some may even turn it on its head. And some companies may say, or some people like the UK opposition leader may say, it's not true, it's a fake. And at the end of the day, you don't know that, right? So that, there's that additional element of things that may be true will be called out for being fake, but are in fact the reality. And then no one knows anymore. So how can companies actually prepare for this? Oh, well, let me go one step back, um, because I feel that AI is, of course, uh, posing a lot of threats. And we, there's so many answers we do not have yet. And not even the biggest experts of experts don't have yet. At the same time, AI helps companies prepare. And I think that is an element that is often uh, misunderstood or underestimated. I mean, you can take AI as your junior virtual assistant, and it will speed up uh, the way uh, you work uh, uh, amazingly in amazing ways. And, and when you think about many of our clients saying that they don't have time to prepare a crisis plan, they wait until it's karma. Well, actually, now with the AI tools, it's a great opportunity to, to tackle that plan together with an expert because you can aggregate an enormous amount of data now and think about vulnerabilities and patterns. It can help uh, draft scenarios, manuals, etc with the caveat uh, that you need to do that very wisely and carefully because, of course, you cannot feed totally sensitive uh, information into uh, the virtual world and hope uh, that uh, privacy will be maintained. So you need to, to really look into that um, uh, very carefully. But, but, but I, I truly believe that um, AI can help us accelerate and structure and sometimes get very innovative in ways uh, that we couldn't imagine before. Yet we need to be smart doing it. The uh, intelligence is not better than we do, but faster. So, so we need to make sense of that, uh, what we feed in. So, so that's one part of how we can prepare uh, with the help of artificial intelligence. The other part is that um, crisis simulations get all the more important and crisis simulations incorporating uh, artificial intelligence. And, and I had the privilege with you to do a simulation where we used a vocal yes. uh, deep fake. <laughs> And it was very interesting because it scared the whole organization, including the person whose fake we had produced. And how much did it cost you to produce it? Was five euros or 10 euros? Yeah, yeah almost nothing. And it took us a few minutes. So uh, I don't want to describe how to do it because it's, it's, you know, it's not something I want to spread, but yeah, it's, it's shockingly easy to do. And that's why we see this spread. Almost everyone can do it at almost no cost. Absolutely. And, and the, the invitation would be to, yes, think crisis uh, preparedness, tackle it, use AI to accelerate it and structure it, do simulations, incorporate uh, AI. And I think once you know the tools of the trade, then you can very frequently do even micro simulations, which your communications team uh, can, yeah. uh, can run. So it's not the massive elephant you need to tackle, but you might want to start now. And then even once crisis hits, 
uh, I, with all the caveats in mind, uh, AI will help you speed up to really think, I'm in a crisis situation, who are my potential stakeholders? To analyze coverage and get the sentiment out of it, to really uh, uh, think through what could be the worst thing that happens, which many of our clients actually shy away from, and to uh, to draft, uh, to at least get a first draft of statements, visualize data, etc. So it can be a wonderful tool, yet you might want to play around with it in peacetime so that you that you don't use it to an end that backfires. But but one element that I would like to to really emphasize is uh, AI can help you also trigger your own creativity. If you play around as a communicator with AI and say like, hey, can you help me with a tagline? Hey, can you help me uh, with a marketing campaign, etc.? It really gives you lovely incentives to think beyond the way you've always thought. And then you need to use your best ethics and intelligence to make something out of yeah. it. Super interesting. You made so many interesting points. Uh, I wonder what to double click on, which is it's not better, but it's faster. And obviously in a crisis, especially in the golden hour, those crucial first 60 minutes, speed is of the essence and we know these situations you know when I was running crisis teams in house what you know you would have for instance one statement writer and one person who's a media responder and another person who's sort of the liaison with the operational team and so on so you're limited in resources of people who can really you know deliver that kind of work and that statement writer would have to turn a holding statement or you know the next statement into uh, statements for social media for an internal audience for investors, for regulators, for politicians, for your own customer service team, etc., etc., and potentially in many different languages. And you could see how one person would struggle to do that in a reasonable amount of time. But you could easily see how an AI-empowered individual could produce these texts at record speed. Yeah. Obviously, that person needs to have the expertise to evaluate what ChatGPT or whatever says or spits out, but. You can see how this will speed up the process massively. And I think in future simulations, we should actually do that and, and practice that as well with teams. Absolutely. And I think uh, there's no way to, to ignore it. It can be wonderful, but it needs to be handled with a lot of care. So for everything I do now, I play around with chat GBT, but I always... Um, uh, uh, make what I put in anonymous so that it's absolutely ChatGBT could never guess who's the client. And I think that's yes. the way forward. You have a, a crisis, uh, do it in mindful ways, consult with your, your uh, legal teams, etc. play around in peace times. But I wanted to say also um, something that um, goes beyond crisis. Um, you, you do have the Edelman Trust Barometer uh, that just came out and that talked about uh, how much the trust in public policy has been ero uh, er eroding, how much the trust in media has been eroding. And since people don't know where to turn to, all of a sudden they find business very kind <laughs> and hopeful <laughs> mankind. So businesses can uh, provide or lead an example of easy communication because there's let less red tape uh, involved. Uh, yet they may want to reinvent uh, the way they communicate and go beyond borders. So there is a lot about uh, getting to the, together with peers, spotting trends, and getting something off together. So, so I think alone in your corner, the challenge is quite big, but I think there's a huge opportunity to communicate differently. And when you look at another study that just came out, which is the Harris Report 2023 that had been commissioned by um, Grammarly, it found it really interesting that it said, quote, 
this year's report supports an indisputable truth. Business runs on com, on communication. And that is, that is wonderful to have that really as a result of interviews with more than thousand business leaders. Business yeah. leaders realize more and more that now is the time to put communications center stage. And of course, they might want to start with crisis preparedness because that might be the thing that ruins their reputation and maybe even business. Uh, absolutely, I, I totally agree. It's it's interesting that that you mentioned that report, which I also noticed, and um, I think we've seen a real s upswing in terms of the importance of communications um, for leaders since COVID, and that's obviously no coincidence. And AI, I think, would just facilitate this trend because technology and AI commoditizes a lot of things, but it can't commoditize communication. Yeah. And I was very, I was very happy with actually how last year unfolded because I had double as many public policy players wanting to look into crisis because I think public policy has seen with COVID-19 more than corporate players uh, what that can truly mean. So, so uh, that has been wonderful um, collaborations. And the other thing that I saw much more of than in any of the years before is communicators, teams of communicators wanting to step up. And, yeah. and I think that's a very nice way to go into 2024. And so now I hope that more business uh, will want to uh, to to seize uh, the moment and, and step up their crisis communications game. Yeah, absolutely. And I wanted to ask you specifically about um, memes and deep fakes. Now, there will be so many of them that the question arises, when should a company react and when should they just ignore it? And it will, you know, the world will move on in two hours, but you don't always know this when you're in the middle of it. So how, how should companies approach this question? I think there is no general rule, of course. Uh, one thing uh, that I would like to, to, to answer is that companies need to monitor and also those channels that they cannot be active on. And I think that's the biggest problem because it's not that people, companies decide to be or not to be uh, active. It's very often that they spot a thing when it's already massively viral. Mm -hmm. So I, I do have a client uh, that uh, hired uh, a student uh, expert team uh, to really monitor uh, those channels uh, that uh, they cannot be on and also be the closest to the language uh, and, and the type of communication uh, this uh, channel uh, uses to then advise uh, what to do. And I found that was a very very beautiful mix of seasoned communicators who have an idea of what to respond to and what not, and young people who exactly speak that language and are on that channels uh, who then get into a dialogue uh, to, to say, how, how do we get back to things and do we get back to things? I think the the very often the problem is that you have a meme that is creative or a deepfake that is creative, and then you come with this uh, 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 <laughs> statement, um, very uh, rationally driven statement, yeah. that this is all fake news. Uh, that is uh, not heard. You need to do various things. A, internally inform people as soon as possible um, that uh, uh, fake is fake because it can uh, create a, a, a great uh, stir. And then ideally you communicate when it's important enough via a comparable way of communicating. So, so I would, whenever possible and reasonable, try to beat it in its own language. Mm -hmm. Yes, humor can be very powerful. So if the if there's a meme 
or a fake that's that's humorous, you know, countering it with humor can be very powerful. But as you said, companies are not always the best at doing that. And I agree with you. I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all um, parameter or metric that we can use to say, in this case, you respond, in that case, you don't respond. I think it's situational. So something that um, is clearly contrary to your values and potentially even, um, you know, very explosive, it, if it would spread, you may want to react to sooner. Other things there maybe just humorous uh, you can maybe let run a little bit i think companies will figure this out what that means for them over time and i totally agree with you it starts with actually knowing what's going on and social media monitoring social listening is obviously something that big companies have but maybe not all sort of medium-sized and smaller companies and what we also see is that tiktok is a bit of a blind spot for many still because that's where things go viral relatively quickly and companies are may not be present so something we had cases where someone had you know a video had two million views but the company didn't even know about it and that just was alerted to it by an employee so even if you're not active on tiktok as a size of a business you still want to at least have an account and keep an eye on it or have a social listening agency that supports you or some sort of tool that alerts you automatically when your name pops up somewhere and these things right you know some are very affordable others are quite expensive i think there's something for every need but you really want to be aware of what's what's being said about you in an age where you know something can go viral in a few hours and viral mean across the world because ai would just translate everything into the local language it sometimes really sends shivers down my spine how fast crisis goes now and how how much it can be triggered by something that is just yeah a little sneeze in the virtual universe like a false rumor and all of a sudden yeah. the markets are shaking so we need to be very very careful and i think uh, to to go back to one of the general pieces of truth is important to really work on your reputation on your Uh, trust uh, with your stakeholders because if you are out there and have a voice as a thought leader and there is something complete, completely nonsense uh, that is out there, yeah. it is so much easier to say with credibility, well, actually, nicely done. This wasn't me. Here's my real message as if you stick your head out of the pond for the very first time. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. You know, you have that reputation of capital in the bank. So, you know, when something comes up, it's not the first time that people hear your brand name, but, you know, they, they already have a positive opinion of your business so that they probably accept it's not true if you say so. Absolutely. And then you mentioned the point, or we mentioned the point of monitoring. Uh, many of our clients do have increased communications budgets, and that's great. It really reflects that communication now sits at the table and was, yeah, it was really time for it to be at the table. Invest into monitoring. Don't only look at clippings, but think about who are the influencers, what's the sentiment. Particularly with media in a crisis, you can't think about three quality media as your uh, primary target audiences and forget the rest of the world. It's not how it works any longer. You really need yeah. to get to a truly integrated monitoring system and a truly integrated response system or proactive communication system. And that requires yeah. quite some maturity, actually. Hire the best people for the job and get the best consultants maybe as well. Yeah, exactly. And empower the people who run social media for you. So it's not a, a, you know, a case where there is someone who just posts factual statements to, uh, to counter what's going on in the world of memes and deepfakes. So that's that's tricky. And, and also often you don't know who created something. That's another complicating factor. But I think you can deal with that. And, and as a concluding thought, I think 
all of this is manageable for companies if they are prepared and if they have reputational capital in the bank. So it's not that a deep fake will rock your business. It shouldn't if you're well prepared and know what to do. But you won't have time to figure this out if it happens because it will happen so fast. Absolutely. And if you don't start with your crisis plan tomorrow, you might at least want to sensitize your your uh, teams that uh, wishing might be a problem with the voice of the CEO being misused for false instructions because that can cost you millions. So that's an easy one to start yeah, exactly. with. And from there, please go for the crisis preparedness <laughs> plan. Absolutely. Absolutely. So either develop a crisis plan, crisis communications plan, or if you have one, revisit it and make sure it's up to date and includes the things we just talked about. Yeah. And I, I, I really think it's exciting. It's it's as much a revolution as the introduction of the internet. We are in the very beginnings. There's so much we don't know, but that cannot stop us from acting now because it's not only the others to whom that happens. It's big deal. So we better start now. Indeed, better start now. Bettina Hausmann, thank you so much for coming back on Speak Like a CEO. And I really appreciate you sharing all your insights and your hard-won knowledge, uh, you know, from the trenches of crisis communications over many years. Thank you so much. Thank you. Our last guest today is Arne Schepke, the visionary CEO behind language learning powers Bubble. The company has become synonymous with language mastery. With millions of subscribers and over 60 million users so far, Bubble has revolutionized the way we learn languages. Many of us learn a language, and many of us, like myself, are non-English native speakers who use English in their daily lives. Arne explains how AI can help us learn and master foreign language faster than ever. Interesting. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that. I was still under the impression that immersion is the is, is the best way forward. So that's good to know because it doesn't it means you don't have to move to another country to learn the language in the, in the best possible way. Of course, I, I wonder what role does AI play in all of this. I mean, uh, it's definitely one of the big opportunities for the language learning space. Um, we're we're a tech company, so we we were we were not taken by surprise. Um, we're you know, we've been using machine learning other algorithms for a while. Um, we've we've watched what's what's happening with neural networks for a while. Um, we um, are already using um, AI technology in some of our um, in some of our um, you know, uh, backend uh, products. So our, our speech recognition, for example, is is fully AI based, um, and we actually. Need Need to override the the built-in speech recognition that you know, Google and Apple, for example, provide because theirs is optimized for. We're trying to guess what you're trying to say, mm -hmm. um, so we'll 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 fill the gaps, we'll you know override mistakes, we'll try to understand as much as we can and guess what you wanted to say. Whereas as a language learning company, the expectation is a different one. Where we we need to give you feedback what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong, um, where you can improve, um, where you can be more accurate, um, where there are more elegant uh, ways to say the same thing. So um, we actually need to 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 override the built-in speech recognition that the the tools have. Just one one example where we already use AI, and then obviously AI can be a great sparring partner, conversation partner um, down the road that, that builds a nice bridge between our, our app, which is a, a closed uh, a closed space, you and the machine, no peer pressure, and then the, the group setting, which is full peer pressure and spontaneous. Um, there's a nice conversational element in, in between those that we can fill with AI. Mm, that's super interesting. That's all for today, but ensure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss part two of the Speak Like a CEO AI special with five more thought leaders. We will look at how AI impacts the way we communicate with our teams, how AI may influence elections, and how the technology changes how we hire. Until then, have an inspired week.